a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From Xinjiang headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Jun Jufeng, coming up in the program. China-Uruguay upgrade bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership following talks in Beijing. Chinese President Xi Jinping calls for cooperation in digital trade in a letter to the second global digital trade expo in Zhejiang. And in today's Biz Focus, we focus on cross-strait cooperation on the 10th anniversary of the annual meeting of the Cross-Strait Entrepreneurs Summit in Nanjing. China and Uruguay have upgraded bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership after Uruguay's president held talks in Beijing. Wang Haiyang has more. China rolled out the red carpet for Uruguay's Louis Lacaipo state visit. President Xi Jinping held 35 years of diplomatic ties. The two countries have adhered to mutual respect, equal treatment, and win-win cooperation. He also noted this is the fifth year since Uruguay joined the Belt and Road Initiative. The Chinese president praised flourishing exchanges, in particular during the COVID-19 pandemic, where the two countries helped each other and worked together to fight the coronavirus. Xi Jinping elaborated on the connotations and the significance of Chinese modernization and expressed willingness to strengthen exchanges on governance with Uruguay. He said this will promote the modernization of the two countries and the world. Several fields for friendly exchanges and further cooperation include their legislators, trade in services, the digital economy, and clean energy. Xi Jinping also stressed cooperation under the BRI could be a new stage of high-quality development, and the two countries should continue to coordinate within multilateral mechanisms. And Xi Jinping hopes Uruguay will continue to promote China-Latin America cooperation and the cooperation between China and Mercosur, the southern common market. President Lacaipo said Uruguay will actively support the Belt and Road Initiative and welcome more Chinese enterprises to invest in Uruguay. The two heads of state witnessed the signing of the Belt and Road Cooperation Plan and various cooperation documents. The two sides also issued a joint statement on the establishment of a comprehensive strategic partnership. China says the elevated partnership could make their relations a model for solidarity and cooperation between countries of different sizes, systems, and cultures. Wang Haiyang, CGTN. A comprehensive strategic partnership involves expansion of bilateral trade and cooperation. Joe Richards explains what Uruguay's partnership with China means for the Southern American nation. Uruguay hopes to see trade, cooperation, and investment increase with China after Wednesday's meeting between Presidents Xi Jinping and Luis Lacalle. As the two nations mark 35 years of diplomatic ties, bilateral relations between China and Uruguay have been upgraded to a comprehensive strategic partnership. This gives the South American nation of three and a half million equal status with its neighbours Argentina and Brazil in its ties to China, accounting for nearly 30% of the country's exports. China is Uruguay's main trade partner. Bilateral trade between the two countries surpassed seven billion dollars in 2022. Uruguay began exploring the option of a free trade agreement with China in 2021. That was complicated by the rules of the Mercosur bloc, which Uruguay is part of, along with neighbours Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay. 
but agreements signed this week develop the relationship between the two countries. Uruguay's government says the 20 cooperation agreements signed could increase agricultural exports by as much as $750 million. This in addition to bringing fresh investment in Uruguay's renewable energy sector. Joel Richards for CGTN in Buenos Aires. It's been a wild week for artificial intelligence company OpenAI. After firing their CEO Sam Altman, they hired him back amid backlash from the company's hundreds of employees. Mark New walked out through the events of the past couple of days. Many people here are saying it's been one of the wildest weeks ever in Silicon Valley. Let's recap what's happened so far. On Thursday, OpenAI co-founder and CEO Sam Altman actually gave a speech at the Apex CEO Summit touting how generative AI will be the most transformative and beneficial technology humanity has yet invented. No indication of trouble brewing then. On Friday, reports indicate Altman was attending the F1 Las Vegas Grand Prix. He gets a Google Meet call in his room from the board telling him he's fired. The board puts out a blog post that Altman had not been candid in his communication and no longer has confidence in him to lead. CTO, CTO Mira Mirati is named the interim CEO. On Sunday, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella announced that he's hired Altman to lead an advanced AI research team. Microsoft is a major backer of OpenAI. On Monday, former Twitch CEO Emmett Shear is named the new interim CEO of OpenAI, but 95% of OpenAI's employees signed an open letter threatening to quit if the board does not resign and if Altman is not reinstated. Now, Wednesday, in a clear sign of victory for the employees and a loss for the board, OpenAI posts this message on X. We have reached an agreement in principle for Sam Altman to return to OpenAI as CEO with a new initial board of Brett Taylor, Chair, Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo. We're collaborating to figure out the details. Thank you so much for your patience through this. Larry Summers is former U.S. Treasury Secretary. D'Angelo is CEO of Quora. And Brett Taylor is the former Salesforce CEO who has also served as chairman on the board of directors of Twitter before Musk acquired it. Mark New, CGTN, Palo Alto, California. Chinese President Xi Jinping has sent a congratulatory letter to the second Global Digital Trade Expo, which kicks off in Hangzhou today. In it, it called for all parties to work together to build digital trade into a new engine for common development and inject new momentum into the world economic growth. He said all parties should make full use of the platform of the expo to discuss cooperation, promote development and share achievements. Representatives from over 800 companies and international organizations will attend the expo, where they will showcase the most cutting-edge technologies and products. This year's expo will feature one integrated show pavilion, two special pavilions showcasing future development and e-commerce, as well as four digital industry pavilions covering digital technology, services, content, and intelligent transportation. More than 800 digital trade companies have registered as exhibitors. Zhejiang's first Silk Road e-commerce day will also be inaugurated during the expo. With a focus on the Belt and Road Initiative, the event will invite representatives from e-commerce partner countries and managers of e-commerce service providers from both at home and abroad to exchange ideas on a range of topics such as international cooperation on e-commerce. The Silk Road e-commerce pavilion will also be making its debut 
combining both online and on-site activities, such as ambassadors visiting the expo. We set up a section dedicated to the Skewro e-commerce day on major e-commerce platforms in order to help high-quality products from our partner countries enter the Chinese market. Our goal is to build up the Skewro e-commerce brand into an exemplary model for win-win cooperation in the era of the digital economy. China is taking steps to actively promote deeper integration of the digital and real economies and support small and medium-sized enterprises in speeding up transformation. Data shows that China's digital economy reached 50.2 trillion yuan last year, up from 11 trillion yuan in 2012. China's Ministry of Commerce said import and export value of cross-border e-commerce amounted to 1.7 trillion yuan in the first quarter of this year, a year-on-year increase of 14% or accounting for about 5.5% of China's import and export of trading goods. China aims to step up development and application of new technologies to increase the use of AI, such as the launch by Alibaba's International Station of AI Product Business Assistant to boost foreign trade. In recent years, Guizhou province has prioritized its digital economy and relied on technological innovation to promote big data industry, offering new momentum for local economic development and industrial upgrades. Suditian's Gongming has more from Guizhou. China's first immersive digital experience pavilion with the theme of the Long March has recently opened to the public in Guiyang. Unlike traditional cultural and tourism experiences, this pavilion allows visitors to fully immerse themselves in each scene, integrating AI virtual interaction, holographic imaging, virtual reality technology, 3D sound, and other cutting-edge technologies to digitally recreate the long march journey. This project is a result of Guiyang's role as the first national comprehensive big data experimental zone and its integration with the Long March culture. The local government leveraged its solid foundation in the big data industry and utilized advanced technological methods to showcase it. It's also a new tourism highlight and feature that Guizhou province is building while advancing digital economic development and combining it with the development of cultural and tourism industries. Behind the development of this innovative digital technology project lies a well-established technology and industrial ecosystem. Leveraging its abundant natural resources, Guian New District in Guiyang has promoted the big data industry, attracting major players including the three leading domestic telecom operators and industry leaders who have set up massive data centers. Huawei's largest cloud-based global data center is also located here, offering computing power and software applications to customers in various sectors nationwide. Our primary focus here is to connect and enhance the entire industry chain through the construction of data centers. The landing of Huawei Cloud in Guian's data center has played a significant role in driving the development of our entire digital economy. In another key initiative in Guizhou province, the Guiyang Big Data Science and Technology Innovation City has become a crucial hub for big data development and tech innovation. To date, it has attracted over 700 registered companies in areas like supercomputing and artificial intelligence, forming a comparative big data industry cluster that meets computational demands not only for the eastern region but the entire country. We need to store data as a resource, but also need to put it to work. 
Running data requires analysis and computing powers. Besides serving the need of the film and television rendering industry, our computing power is now also servicing the artificial intelligence sector. The future trend is going to be all about computing power scheduling and distribution. As a keynote city of China's national big data infrastructure project, Weiyang relies on technological innovation and policy support to promote the integration of the digital and real economy, developing the big data industry to drive local industrial upgrades. Gongming, CGTN, Guiyang. Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global Business. China's southern coastal city, Zhuhai, is hosting the very first Aero Asia show. It's a major business exhibition for the general aviation, a category of civil aviation other than air transport. It's also affiliated to Aero, a four-decade-old trade show that started in Germany. This time, Aero Asia will feature air emergency rescue, the latest aviation consumption trends and technology breakthroughs of unmanned aerial vehicles. The show has attracted over 140 exhibitors from 20 countries and regions, and more than 60 aircrafts will be put on display. Major industry suppliers and leading international companies are attending, including Avic General Aircraft, Bell Helicopter, and Boeing Business Jets. The 2023 AeroAsia will run until Saturday and is scheduled to be held in Zhuhai every two years. To get the latest, the first day of the AeroAsia show, let's cross to our reporters Hao Chufeng in Guangzhou. Chufeng, what were the highlights of the event held on the first day? Hi, Junfeng. I'm here. I'm actually here in Zhuhai at the event, and things are pretty crowded today. Um, as you probably look behind me, it's not as crowded as this morning anymore. But this morning, we have lots of buyers, exhibitors, experts, and government officials visiting the venue. Now, one of the highlights of the event is obviously getting the chance to get up close and look at some of the real and interesting aircrafts as you probably can see behind me right now. And this morning, we also got the chance to see some very spectacular aerobatics shows performed by Chinese and foreign pilots. And now, um, AeroAsia, um, this is the first session, but Airshow China has been held in Zhuhai City here for every two years since the 90s. And it's gained much global recognitions recently, uh, making Zhuhai really an ideal host for aviation events. And, you know, um, one of the, org uh, the organizers um, of Airshow China is also one of the key figures behind AeroAsia. Um, but unlike Airshow China, that has a more comprehensive focus. As you mentioned, um, AeroAsia is more focused on general aviation, which is an industry that's gaining lots of attention from the Chinese government in recent years. In 2021, um, Chinese government also issued a document that aims to promote more development of low-altitude aviation industry. But at this stage, general aviation in China is still relatively small compared with the, uh, the size of the country. Uh, but um, U.S. International Trade Administration is predicting that it will increase by six times from 2020 to 
to 2035. So it is growing. Um, as you also mentioned, over 200 enterprises from over 20 regions and countries are participating at AeroAsia. This also talk to some international exhibitors um, and Many of them um, showed quite an optimistic view towards the future development of China's general aviation industry. Some acknowledge that it might take some time to get all the right infrastructure, right technicians, right experts in place for a bigger general aviation industry. But the market potential, industry potential is huge. Back to you. Look forward to more reports from you on the air show there in Zhuhan. Thanks very much. For more insights on China's aviation industry, we're joined by Chen Jiahe, Chief Investment Officer of Nova Ancan Technologies. Jiahe, what are some emerging aviation consumption trends, and is China involved in any of these new areas? Hi, Jingfeng. Uh, among the global market, there are two very important trends for the aviation consumption. Uh, first of all, the drone industry has been rising significantly. It can be used in many areas, uh, including the commercial area, field operation, urban transportation, etc. And this development of drone can be divided into two sub-directions, the designing of the hardware and the designing of software, which includes things like auto-flying, AI operation, etc. A second trend is the economics of commercial flight, which include lower cost per unit carried, uh, less carbon emission, safer flight, etc. Uh, currently, China has been working actively in both of these areas. In the drone industry, uh, Chinese products are now prevailing around the world. And with the commercial flights, the new large plane has just entered the global market and is providing more choices for global consumers. Mm. Yeah, we just showed some footages of airports and airlines on these big planes. Chinese airline companies are still making a loss this year. If you look at their stock prices, their balance sheets, uh, this, despite the post-pandemic recovery, we see these uh, growing tourists and travelers. Uh, these, their, their prices, the stock prices, these airline companies are actually near historic lows. Uh, what's your view on the reasons behind this weakness? And what about the future prospect of these uh, commercial airlines? Yeah, we, we have seen that. Um, in the post-pandemic uh, era, the airline companies actually recovered slower than many consumption areas, especially when we talk about the global flight. Um, if we read the financial statements of airline companies, we can find that they earn a very large amount of profit from their global lines. The global lines are actually much more profitable compared with domestic lines, uh, basically because these lines are longer, their tickets are much more expensive, and the competition is a bit less uh, compared with the domestic lines. But recently, we have saw that the global lines are gradually coming back. The flights between China and the US are just about to rise again to around 70 flights per week. Uh, and the global tourism groups are coming back gradually. Uh, for the stock price, one other reason is that the airline companies did lose a lot of money in the pandemic era, which for three long years and posted a very heavy financial burden to these companies. So it will take some time in the future for them to make the money back. Good to have your insights on this. Thank you so much, Jiaha, for us. Time now for Biz Focus, where we take a closer look at some of the most dynamic business sectors in China around the world. The 2023 annual conference of the Summit for Entrepreneurs Across the Taiwan Straits took place recently in Nanjing, Jiangsu province. In today's episode, our reporter Aaron Liu explores how the summit serves as a crucial platform for communication and cooperation between enterprises and business people from both sides of the Taiwan Straits. 
The 10th anniversary annual meeting of the Grass Street Entrepreneur Summit was recently held in Nanjing. Lai Zhengyi, chairman of the Taiwan Chamber of Commerce, has attended the summit for 10 consecutive years. He said about 40% of Taiwan's foreign trade relies on the mainland, making cross-street's economic and trade exchanges very important. The most important thing is the market. In our service industry, I think the market in the Chinese mainland has already taken shape with increased GDP, national income, and purchasing power. I believe many Taiwan-funded service businesses are coming to the mainland to set up shop, which brings new business opportunities. The summit services as a high-level platform for entrepreneurs to share their wisdom, engage in dialogue, and enhance industrial cooperation. This year's summit has delved into discussions on how entrepreneurs can seize opportunities presented by the new development pattern, facilitate the integration of Taiwan-funded enterprises into the mainland domestic market, and deepen the integration of cross-strait industrial supply chains. Nanjing Grand Tech Precision has been rooted in the mainland for nearly 20 years. It also witnessed remarkable growth in the mainland market. Over the past 18 years, our company has been growing steadily every year, from just a small turnover when we first came to the mainland in 2000 to reaching a turnover of 2 billion yuan in the past two years. I think the market over here is really huge, to be honest. And the policies for cross-street entrepreneurs give us a lot of support as well. If you just stay limited to Taiwan, you can't really go international in a meaningful way. You need stronger support behind you. Official data shows that in the past decade, from 2012 to 2022, cross-street trade volume nearly doubled increasing from 168.9 billion U.S. dollars to 319.6 billion U.S. dollars. And the actual use of Taiwan's capital on the mainland has accumulated to 72 billion U.S. dollars. Jia Mingwei, a native of Taipei, was introduced to Nanjing as a cultural talent in November 2020 and was appointed as the director of the Nanjing Yunjin Museum. He has helped traditional crafts achieve both inheritance and market development thanks to the maturity of the mainland consumer market and its self-identification with the traditional culture. The museum has developed various cultural and creative products based on its collection. With the increase in national income and consumer spending, new business opportunities have emerged. The application scenarios in the market are becoming increasingly diverse. In addition to the inheritance and protection of traditional memories, we have also enriched its application skills. Our team will innovate based on market feedback, continuously enriching the application of Yunjin in the market. Through the promotion of Yunjin culture, I hope to further enhance cultural exchanges across the trade and strengthen national confidence. Young entrepreneurs on the island have iterated their understanding of cross-strait economic and trade relations. They are gradually upgrading from traditional industries to emerging industries and from processing and exporting industries to utilizing the vast millet market. This will undoubtedly promote the transformation and upgrading of cross-street economic and trade relations in the new era.
One enormous but often overlooked industry is the video games. More than 3 billion people around the world actively play at least one video game or another, and the industry is growing alongside technology. It's a sector where China has a great deal of influence around the world, as CGTN's Alosian Bevestock reports from Mexico City. A Mexico City auditorium where fans are filtering in for a show. But there are no musicians here, or actors preparing to perform. Instead, the stage is set with a row of eight computers, where Latin America's top video game players will compete as the audience watches the action on the big screen. The global video game industry had an estimated worth of $217 billion last year and is growing rapidly. And when it comes to online competition, the reach is enormous. The world's top esports tournaments draw more than 5 million fans at peak times who log on to watch from around the world. The grand finale of the Halo competition, a space-age shoot-em-up game, is being held at Latin America's largest esports event, EGS, the entertainment gaming show, now in its 21st year. Event founder Mario Valle says esports rise has been heavily influenced by China, a leading country when it comes to gaming culture. China's influence when it comes to video game influencers and content creators is enormous in global gaming culture. As one of the first countries to have broadband high-speed internet, it led the world in online streaming, as well as the gigantic influence and reach of platforms like TikTok. That culture hasn't only influenced those who play online, but those who create these games as well. Rodrigo Fernandez is the programmer of Greek, a game created entirely by Mexicans, but whose primary audience is in China, where he says it has had more than 5 million downloads across multiple platforms. Our game has had a very good reception in China. We have 11 different gameplay languages, but Mandarin Chinese was one of the most important, given not only the size of the market, but also the gamer audience our product appeals to. In a booming global industry, with estimates showing more than one-third of the world's total population, more than three billion people, actively play some kind of video game, Mario says China has a huge role to play. China has been a leading example of the democratization of video games. A person's social or economic status is not important when it comes to playing online, and the tools to create one's own content are available to everyone. That has developed China's video game sector tremendously and is an example for Latin America to follow. Alastair Bavistock, CGTN, Mexico City. We'll wrap up this edition of Global Business. I'm